When I first started my plumbing business, I was selling work like crazy. Literally like thousands every week. But when I hired my first employees, they could hardly talk to the customer. They were selling half as much as I did and we were losing our butts. So what'd you do? Sign them up for sales training or what? Uh, no, that stuff's useless. There's one thing that I taught my plumbers to do. It's increased our jobs sold and it's one of the only reasons I was able to do over 5 million last year. Most business owners think about sales completely backwards. They think the best way to sell more work is to be the cheapest and undercut all their competition. I'm the most expensive plumber in my market and we have more work than we can handle. What's up, Joel? What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> I caught you in mid, mid yawn. <laughs> yeah, you caught me. I was just mid mouth open. I wasn't even yawning. I said my mouth open. Awkward. <laughs> well, I was probably going to say something hilarious per usual, but you know. <laughs> Some <laughs> extremely dumb dad joke. <laughs> Dude, your jokes aren't even, they're not like dad jokes are better they're, than your half of your jokes. I thought you were going to say my jokes are like next level dad jokes, which I was about to agree with you. They are. And I'll agree but with like, what I just said. Not next level in a good way. Mm. <laughs> next yeah, like, level like, breaking the, like breaking the fourth wall, like like intellectual stuff. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Dude, thanks, man. <clears throat> That's a good, good compliment. Job. Yeah. I'm going to tell my wife that. When I got Pat home. on the back for your... Intellectual jokes. Dude, sometimes we all need a little pat on the back, a little self-care. You know what I'm saying? I do. Um, speaking of self-care, check out this beard. Like, you didn't even notice when you came in. Yeah. Oh, did you? Does did, it look good? I didn't notice. Damn. I was looking scraggly, dude. Yeah. Did, did you shave it yourself or did you no. have Chase touch it? I up? had Chase do it. Isn't it nice? Dude. It's, I like it. Do you like the experience? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> I hate the experience. <laughs> I hate it. What part about it do you hate? I hate the warm towel, <laughs> then the cold towel. Why? And him rubbing your face. Oh, man. So I went to this one barber once when I was a kid in California. Yeah. And it was, I don't know if the guy spoke English, but he cut my hair and then he put on these like vibrating gloves and then just like rub my shoulders. Yeah. And then I was like, as a kid, I was like, what is this? <laughs> but now at the barber shop, it's funny because Chase will probably listen to this. And then I'm always like, dang, I wish he would just like he scruff my... He doesn't do that. And then, yeah, then he'd rub my shoulders and it'd be like a whole thing. Yeah. It's like a man spa. If you're in Pensacola, go see Chase. Yeah, he does He's a rad good. job. Yeah. Yeah. Got to tip him well, though. Yeah. If you're not going to tip him, don't go. Yeah, come on. It's embarrassing. It's super. To those of us who tip him well. If you go there, tell him I sent you. Yep. He'll and do an tip extra him well. good job. He will. <clears throat> Yeah, I brought my son there last time. <clears throat> yeah. And it was Isaac's first time ever going to a barber. Yeah. And uh, I told you this, but when he um Chase was like, "You want to see the you want to see your haircut?" And like Isaac like looks in the mirror and Isaac's like, "Can I see the back?" And so Chase holds holds the mirror up, right, to see the back. And yeah. then Isaac looks at Chase, he's like, "How does that work?" And Chase was like, <laughs> "What do you mean?" He's like, "How does how does it work?" Like, "You mean like the two mirrors?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, like one like Looks at the other one, and Chase was like, dude, I don't know. I'm just a barber. Like, what's up? And my son loves questions. And I was like, Chase, it's good for you, man. You know, it's a hard question. You got to learn to answer these things. Yeah. That was Isaac's first barber experience. It's funny. Did he get his beard done? Um, I asked Chase to do it, but he didn't do it for some reason. Damn. I know. Damn it. I know. There goes his tip. I know, right? That's it. Chase, <clears throat> you're off the good list. Off the good list. Yeah. Look, at it felt good to get all nice and clean. Yeah. I'd film my reels because I, I want to grow my beard out. Yep. And so I haven't been cutting it. Mm. And then I'd film my reels in the morning and I'd be looking and I'd be looking at it in that camera like, holy crap. Because you can see like, yeah, because there's light behind me and I can see it like pushing through yeah. the back of my beard. Yeah. Like, man, that looks bad. <clears throat> Whenever I like right before I go see Chase, yeah. I like look at myself. I'm like, dude, I'm one scruffy looking dude. Like my hair's all over yeah. the place. My beard's all unkempt. Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the podcast, like 
everybody can watch the podcast. You know when I get a haircut. Because <laughs> yeah. like you can watch it's the like, progression of like, okay. Damn, Joel's looking sharp today. Yeah, exactly. And then like, why is Joel looking like a freaking like caveman who just rolled out of bed? Like, because that's literally what just happened. Because he is. And uh, yeah, but then afterwards, it's just like, doof, cut up real nice. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, man, what are we getting into today? Today, we're going to talk about sales. Oh, <clears throat> My favorite topic. I actually just got done writing, so I've been working on my. I don't want to call it a book, but I mean, it's turning into a book. Yeah, I think it's, it's cooler like if a, you call it a book or a, or a magnum opus. You'd call it that. Sure, my magnum opus. I've there been working go. on it. It's shorter than your typical book. I thought it was gonna be like. Originally, I thought it'd be like twenty pages, <laughs> and right now it's like sixty some, and I probably have like. I don't know, 10 more pages to go. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like 70 pages. There was a while there was like, holy crap, how am I going to fit this all in here? Yeah. But anyway, I've been working on my book. We're going to run you through like everything I know about running a plumbing business. Maybe not everything, but most of the stuff. Yeah. Like to give you a good idea of what it takes. What's the like, what's the, like, what's the purpose behind the book? Uh, just to get people information that yeah, they sure. need to get mm-hmm. to start making money with their business mm-hmm. so they can start to understand like, because it's easy to listen to this podcast, sure. right? Like today you're going to get a piece on sales. Maybe last time you got a piece on lifetime value. Mm-hmm. Maybe last time you got a piece on memberships. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you don't get like all the pieces and then how they all tie together. Yeah, how they tie together is like, is pretty big because yeah. if you do something... I mean, we talk about this, but if you do something out of order, that yeah. can really hurt you. Yep. But then if you don't understand that, like, yeah, there's like pricing and marketing and systems, but then there's all these little gray areas in between there, Yep. which come up sort of naturally or sometimes unnaturally. Yep. That like, you don't, you don't really know it's a problem until you get in and you're like, oh, wow, what the heck is this? Jared didn't tell me about this on the <laughs> podcast. Like, this is a weird all thing. All I heard about was charge more. Yeah, but I didn't know that this little thing would come up. <clears throat> I didn't so. know all these other things were needed as yeah, well. Yeah, like, this yeah. is going to crop up from that, and then that's yes. going to create this. Yeah. It's funny, because all the problems stem mm-hmm. from not charging enough most of the time. Mm-hmm. But even, even the guys who come in who are charging enough, they're st- charging enough just leads to the next problem. Right. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and along the way, all the way through, you just more problems, more problems, mm-hmm. more problems. Every time you grow, more problems. Mm-hmm. It's just different problems. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Trying to get a good. Trying to get a good like these are, like in the beginning, I walk them through like what I see, the three, like phases. Mm-hmm. So there's like three levels of plumbing businesses mm-hmm. that typically need help. <clears throat> and so you can identify which one you are. Oh, sure. That's which helpful. Which phase you're in, mm-hmm. which is helpful. And then what your biggest constraint is at the moment. Mm-hmm. That way. Mm-hmm. And then basically all the information past that is just how to how to fix all these constraints. Sure. So mm-hmm. it'll be good. Yeah. Understanding limiting constraints <clears throat> is pretty important. It's probably <clears throat> one of the most important things because... Like today, we're going to talk about sales, but if that wasn't your constraint, why would you work on it? Yeah, and sometimes we misidentify constraints. Like we think that sales is our constraint. True. And yet maybe we haven't considered our price or maybe True. we haven't considered that we're not even marketing to the right person. True. Typically what ha- so what I see is that guys are going, they they see tons of constraints, right? Oh, sure. Because yeah, they, sure. they can see like, I want to get from here to there. Mm-hmm. And they have this very clear picture, especially once they get in our course of like, oh, 
I can get there. Here's the right. path, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's well laid out. Now I know what it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. I just have to go do the stuff. And they're like, that's a lot of, like, which one, what do I do? Because mm -hmm. it's a lot of stuff to work on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so identifying like, what's the your biggest constraint? And then what's the action that I needed to take mm -hmm. to move forward on that constraint? Mm -hmm. Like, which, like, for example, if cash flow was your biggest constraint, sure, then there could be multiple things that you could do that would increase cash flow. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. But you would want to figure out which one's going to have the largest effect on my cash flow right. and do that one first. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So you find, so there is a bunch of constraints and you, <clears throat> let's say you properly identify them all, yep. but now you have to rank them in the, which one am I going to, that's funny. Me and Costin talked about this today. Yeah. We talked about just <clears throat> identifying, like if you have a to-do list and you're having struggling not good coffee, Jared. <laughs> no, it's good. It just, I forgot what the cup said. Dude, okay. And I never listened to you, so. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> I, okay, they say not to, okay, I'm going to tell a fun, fun Jared story. Okay. So when Jared and I go biking, Jared doesn't fall off his bike ever. I fall off my bike all the time. Except, well, let me rephrase that. Jared falls off when he forgets to think about bike riding and he starts thinking about something else <laughs> and then I'll just hear those oh, tree and then it's because he's back there focusing on whatever thing he probably something business related I'm usually thinking about work yeah and he's like oh, work and then I hear crash 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 yep. it's like what happened he's like oh I wasn't paying attention yep. hit the tree <laughs> um, so anyway I was talking about like if you have a list of tasks and you don't feel like you're making it through them, it's important to like rank the tasks as far as like importance so that you can like have a direction. Yeah. And then, you know, that's sort <clears throat> of when like the Pareto principle comes in. Pareto? Who's that? That's the 80-20 guy. Oh. So 80% of the time you're usually, was it? 80% of the time you're usually working up on the- No. No. 20% of the things that you do move you closer to your goals 80% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20% of your actions are responsible for 80% yes. of your output. Yes. <clears throat> but yes. a lot of the times we end up focusing on the 80% of the stuff that doesn't move the needle. Well, it moves 20% of the needle. Ah, yeah, yeah, but not the other way. Yeah. So then by finding our limiting constraints, but then like understanding how each one of those moves the needle to what degree yep. gives us a hierarchy of what to actually spend time on. Correct. Like, especially when you're a business owner and you have no time. Yeah, especially in like the beginning stages of your business, because you can't, you can't delegate. Yeah, there's, there's no delegation that yes, can happen. It's all you. And even like, even when you like, you get a CSR, you can start to delegate some stuff. You get more text, you can start to delegate some stuff. But you're, it's a weird thing because you're not used to delegating, mm. right? You're used to just doing everything yourself because that's right. how you do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And so when I got in that spot, I would always make a, I was just telling the guys in our, in our course today or yesterday, um, cause they were asking like, how do I know what to work on? Mm -hmm. Like I have all these tasks mm -hmm. to do. How Jared, do I determine? You gave me all this stuff to do. Yeah. You gave me all this stuff to do. Like, how do I determine what to work on? And so what I would do is I would have <clears throat> a spreadsheet and I would just list out all of my tasks and then I have three columns that were full of checkboxes. Maybe mm -hmm. I had four. See, the first one was, mm -hmm. can I automate this? And then the second one was, can I delegate this? And the third one was, do I need to do this at all? Mm. That should probably be the first one. Yeah. And then yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Um, this is my responsibility, something I have to do, right? 
So then you would go down the list one by one and you would check the appropriate box. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay, do I actually need to do this right now? Mm -hmm. No. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe the box should be called, I don't need to do this right now. You yeah. would check it, right? Yeah. Then it'll be like, can I automate this? Yes. And then it's, okay, can I delegate the automation or do I need to do it? Right. Or can I just delegate this? Or is this just something I got to get done? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then what you'll find is like half the stuff you have on your list, you don't even need to be <laughs> worrying about right yeah. now. And then a lot of stuff you can like set up a simple automation to save yourself work. Mm -hmm. um, it could be like as simple as like, I'm going to add this to my Google calendar as a recurring thing. Yeah, sure. So that it gets done all the time. Mm -hmm. Or <clears throat> I'm going to create a, a system for doing this thing. Yeah, So sure. that it goes twice <clears throat> as fast mm -hmm. or something like that. Or, right? or like, because I was even thinking about that when we were talking about like <clears throat> part of our like wealthy plumber sales process is uh -huh. figuring out a system so that you just do the same thing every time. Like same that, thing every time. That can save you a ton of time yeah. because then you're not trying to reinvent the wheel every decision-making step. Yeah. You're not like, oh, should I do this action? Yes or no? Okay, then what's the next one? But if you just say, oh, I wrote a process and I just go doot, 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 and then I yep. go to the next one, doot, 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 yep. that can save you time. Yeah, even just creating like a, a checklist for you to follow. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a task that requires a bunch of different steps, mm -hmm. it's like come up with a workflow that makes it super fast and then have that workflow like in a checkoff sheet where you yeah. go, okay, do this, check, do this, check, do yeah. this, check, do this, check. It's done. Now I'm good. And you know it's done properly because mm -hmm. you checked it all off. In, in <clears throat> your experience, like what amount of guys when you talk to them are familiar with like using a Google Calendar or <laughs> using various softwares to structure their time? Not very many, um, which is which is normal. Like yeah, sure. In normal life, you don't need to. No, like in I would say uh, in, you you should in normal life. Like mm. I think everybody should live and die by their Google calendar mm -hmm. in real life. They should put like sleep hours, work hours, workout hours, and they should like live and die by that mm -hmm. calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it just makes you, it makes you realize how little time you have. Sure. sure. Right. <clears throat> Which does wonders on like you thinking about, okay, I have such a limited amount of time. What's actually important. Yeah, sure. So, you, and you can think about it like from your deathbed, you can think about it from 20 years from now, 10 mm -hmm. years from now, five years from now, three years from now. Mm -hmm. What's the most important? I need to make sure those things go on my calendar. Yeah, sure. Because I'm not like, if I go through life meaningless mm -hmm. and I waste all of my time, mm -hmm. I have very little time left. Right. If I waste it all, that's just going to be a waste of a life. Like I sure. won't get any of the things done that I want to get done. Yeah, you're <clears throat> always going to think that you'll make time for it in the moment. Yeah, but you won't. No, especially it if it, especially if it's something that you're like, you know that you aren't really good at that yet, and so you have to intentionally put time in there. Yeah. And that could be even like, like for it's, me, what I'm thinking is like, oh, if I want to spend time with my kids, yeah. which I'm not like naturally good at, like, kids, let's spend time together. Yeah. I'm just there all the time anyway. I have to put that on my calendar on to say, calendar. okay, we're going to spend time with the kids so <clears throat> I can build that habit. But if I don't put it on my calendar, I'm never going to make time for it because there's, yeah. I don't have anything telling me I should do that. Yeah, and some people think that's silly. 
but my wife is one of them. Same with my wife. <laughs> she thinks it's the stupidest thing ever. It's like to me, it's <laughs> like if you wanted to read a book, <laughs> but then you never set aside time to read the book, you're never going to read the the book. So my wife would say, "I would read the book because I'd want to do it." Yeah, but maybe maybe women just have way more time. Maybe they're just better at like doing things or something. Or maybe they have less like. So all my these wife things. keeps a calendar, but she writes everything on like a actual calendar like a piece of paper well like a calendar yeah she gets yeah. like the yearly calendar every year and she pre-plans and writes everything on a calendar and it drives me nuts because she'll write something that is i'm required for but it won't be on my Google yeah because you can't just share a calendar because <clears throat> you can't an share on there yeah anyway well, live well, and die by your calendar yeah and the point is like it's as a business owner like there's such advantages to leaning into technology like a Google Calendar <clears throat> and like task lists just so that yep. you can actually like consistently move that ball forward because it's like at some times it's like a very like nut, you're nudging this ball forward. Yep. It's not big leaps and bounds. It's like we're just going to push it forward yeah. and it's usually a series of really lame boring inputs every day yep. will get you a result further down the road. Yep. And if you don't put that in the schedule and like really go, oh, I need to call this many people every day, then you're probably going to do something else that you'd rather do than that stupid thing that you don't want to do. Consistency is key. Yes. And if you yes. don't schedule it and you don't live and die by your schedule, something will always come up. Something, if you don't dictate your schedule, something else is going to dictate your schedule. Yes. And the things that you should have gotten done, won't get done. And you won't have those tiny incremental bumps yeah. forward every single day. Yeah. What's that book where he talks about that? 1% better every day. <clears throat> Is that, I don't know, is that Atomic Habits or something? Yes, yeah. Atomic Habits. I've never read that book, but I know that part. Yeah, it's like 1% better every day. I don't remember the math. It does this though. Like it does this. For everybody whoop. listening, that <laughs> whoop is like yeah. a curve. We're imagining a Graph goes curve. from flat to slightly better, slightly better, and then one day it just it's yeah. like bam. And that happens because like in it when you're talking about like I've experienced it in business, I've experienced it in working out. Um so like in, in business, when you start getting one percent better every day, mm. you start to build a bigger and bigger business, right? Sure. A better and better business. You start getting more and more people working for you. Mm -hmm. You start getting different talents that you can lean on, mm -hmm. other people that can do other stuff. So the climb becomes dramatically faster. Yeah, sure, right? sure. At a point. Mm -hmm. Because now you have all these other people doing stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's like same thing with working out. Mm -hmm. Like when I would run um, a ton. When I first started, mm -hmm. my mileage was super low. Right. I'd run like three miles on a weekend. Mm -hmm. But after doing that consistently for a long enough amount of time, all of a sudden I started to be able to run a lot longer and running right. became a lot easier mm -hmm. to where I could spend, you know, I could run 80 to a hundred miles a week mm -hmm. um, with less effort than what I was running three miles a week uh, at sure. beforehand. Right. Yeah. So you just get, I mean, you get better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's <clears throat> a huge takeaway is you get better at things the more you do the things. Yep. Unless maybe if you do them really, really crappy, 
Like, unless maybe you just do them terribly every time. Well, if you're not getting better and you keep doing the same mm, thing, sure. that's the definition of stupidity. Yeah, like if you're, yeah, sure. Which I still do to this day. So don't feel too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I still do things where I'm like, damn it. I've been doing the same stupid thing over and over again, getting the same result that I don't like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, stupid. and like when we talk about this, it's easy for you and I to sit here and be like, yeah, live and die by Google calendar. But like, yeah. it's hard. <clears throat> like it's, no, a, it, it's a, it's a skill, but again, it's a skill like everything else, like discipline, yeah. cultivating that discipline is just, learning that skill of discipline in that particular area. Yep. And doing things you don't want to do, especially when you don't want to do them, is an important part of being a business owner. Unfortunately, that is true. Yes. <laughs> it's like in the beginning with your plumbing business, you got to answer the phone. You got to run all the calls. Mm -hmm. You got to do all the stuff, have mm -hmm. all the meetings with the marketing companies, mm -hmm. all that junk. And some of that stuff sucks, like answering your phone, even even running the calls. <laughs> I don't want to do that either. <clears throat> but you got to do it all, right? Mm. And you got to get good at it all because yeah, you, you got to be able to tell your team how to do it. Yep. So, And then at some point, it's nice when you find people who are better at certain things than you, and then you're like, oh, you should go do that. Yeah. Like, thank you for being awesome because then that's really when your business can start to really take off is yep. when you're like, oh, I found people who are better at this than me. This is wonderful. Yep. They can do that skill. Now, I don't have to do that. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that that person can just go and crush that idea. Yes. And I can just and your life on, will be. On. You'll never look back. Yeah. That's like, wow. the, when you first have that realization, that's what I had when I hired your wife. And it was yeah. like, wow. This is the, it was like the best thing <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. It was a whole new world to me because mm -hmm. I'd never hired an employee. Mm -hmm. And to have somebody go do something that you would normally have to do, and all you had to pay them was a small fee, but it was such a huge <laughs> especially relief. What, especially what you paid my wife to begin yeah, with. Yeah, not even minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I didn't pay her minimum wage. Well, she, was like 13, she was like 13 cents short. I was so scared to hire somebody and because I didn't want um, I didn't want to not be able to pay them, you know? Yeah. It, which is typical. Yeah. <clears throat> I talked to a guy just yesterday about that. Yeah. And he was really worried about it. And we were talking about his hourly rate calculator. And I was like, okay, the greatest part about that tool is you can see how many hours, first off, you can see how much you need to raise your rate to accommodate that wage. Yep. And then you can see how many additional hours you need to sell to accommodate it. Yeah. Because this guy was under the assumption that if I hire a CSR, I'm going to have to work like all these, I'm going to have to get like 10 more jobs. And I'm like, you're probably not going to have to get that many more jobs. <laughs> probably have to get like two. Yeah, you're going to have to sell like two more hours. Which she'll probably book because she's going to be better at booking jobs than you. Yeah. If you hire the right person. Yes. And if you hire the, the right person. Right yes. Yeah. And you're priced properly and all those things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember where I was going with that. Me neither. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So today we're going to talk about sales. So spe specifically. 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 Mm -hmm. um, how to make sales or how to think about sales. And we'll talk about uh, my sales process as well. Mm. Question. Yep. Did you, let's see, did you learn sales? Like, did you like, because no. I've known you for a while. Yep. And I don't ever remember you being like, oh, I'm going to work on my sales <laughs> technique. Like, I don't, nope. like, we, in any of our conversations previous to this last year, I don't remember you once mentioning sales in the context of your job yep. as a plumber for anybody else or as your own business owner. So as a plumber for anybody else, no, because... I only worked service work for a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. 
And we weren't responsible for doing any sales because we just went in and we said, what's your problem? Here's the fix. We'd fix it. And then the office would send him a bill. Yeah. So you didn't so have I didn't, to, I didn't yeah. even know like, Oh, you didn't even know like what the charge was or whatever. No, you just, sometimes people would ask for like a rough idea. And so I asked my boss how to come up with a rough idea. And he was like, well, we market materials 70% and um, our hourly rate is 165. And I said, okay, 70% of markup. That's hard in my head. Yeah. You're like <laughs> 70% of the what? Yeah. So um, we would sometimes give them a ballpark. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's probably going to be like between five and 800. And then we were supposed to tell that ballpark to the office what we gave them, and then they would make sure it fell within that ballpark. Wow. Interesting. <clears throat> huh. Yeah. That makes me wonder, because I just had that plumber come to my house. It's I think it's going to be warranty work, but it's hard to know, man. And like, there was no talk about cost. There nope. was no approval of work or anything. Nope. I just saw the guy digging in the poopy water. It's actually funny. All my kids were looking out the window like, he's just grabbing all that poop with his hands. Yep. And, and like, I don't know what's going to happen now. I nope. might get a bill for thousand dollars i might get no bill like i've you might get a bill for 10 grand i have no idea you have no clue i just know that he did something <clears throat> i appreciate that something was done yeah. but now i have i don't know what to expect and he was probably uncomfortable talking to you about price oh, if there was a price uh, involved yeah he, right yeah this guy um the only we could say a <clears throat> sales technique that he exhibited yeah was when he rang my doorbell he didn't stand on my porch he stepped back 10 feet that's nice which you know because he was smoking probably (laughs) (laughs) so for context you bought this house yeah it's under warranty still called the warranty company because my pump grinder stopped working yeah and then because somebody's going to give us crap about wait you didn't hire the most expensive plumbing company in town dude i tried yeah i mean i was ready because i was like so you gotta like fill out the warranty claim and then they call a plumber and like I was not, I'm trying to like use my house. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get the problem fixed. Yeah. So I started looking around in our area trying to find people, which is hard to do. Yep. Um, I, I laugh whenever we talked about that GMB optimization episode. Yeah. And I just look through and I'm like, pictures of plumbing, pictures of nothing, pictures of plumbing. And it just cracks me up. I just laugh. Yep. So anyways, finally got, I called the company that was on the warranty sticker. The CSR answered. And then she said, okay, she got all my information. And she said, okay, the technician's going to reach out to you. And then she hung up. And immediately I was like, oh my gosh, like, is he going to call me soon? Didn't give you a time frame or anything? No, she just said, someone's going to call you. And then she hung up. And for me, that was lame because I have no confidence. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, hopefully he calls me. But meanwhile, like, I can't really run any water in my house or else I get poop in my yard. Yeah. So... I just waited around and then we called a couple other superintendents or whatever. And then finally the guy calls me, which I was grateful. And he's like, oh yeah, super nice guy on the phone, actually, surprisingly so. He's like, yeah, I'll be over there in a little bit. I'm heading that way. No mm-hmm. specific time frame. Showed up at my door. Uh, I opened the door and he's 10 feet away smoking a cigarette. So this cool <laughs> pit viper's on. No uniform. <clears throat> just like, I'm here to get in your backyard. Like just white truck, pickup truck. Yeah. And, uh. I just smiled and I said, sure, man. I'll- was it the Sawicki guys? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was the Sawicki guys. Actually, it was surprised they had a CSR because I know they do mostly new construction. Yeah. Um, and it was just, I just laughed the whole time. I was like, ah, I know it. like this experience that I'm experiencing is like the opposite of what we talk about all yep. the time. Yeah. But the guy was super nice. Like he, in my mind, I was like, this guy could probably do really well. 
if he worked at a company where they were like, you can talk to the customer. Yeah. Like when he talked to me on the phone, very good tonality, mm -hmm. very disarming nature. But I was telling some guys after the work today and I was like, listen, if it, if I wasn't home and this guy was the guy showing me up at my house, I wouldn't be as comfortable because I'm like cigarette smoking pit viper, dude. Like trying yeah. to like lurk around my house. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like wife and kids are home. Yeah. Wife yeah. and kids are home. Like it didn't really communicate. Mm, I'm going to be super well taken care of. Yeah. Um, the main point is, is there's a little sales like stuff. He yep. stood off my porch. Yep. Um, but I think he fixed the problem and we'll see how, what the bill is. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's free because it's warranty. Should be free. Should yeah. be. Yep. I mean, that's the reason why I didn't call whomever else. Gotcha. I always hate warranties when they're a pain in the butt to use. Dude, me too. Like getting a warranty on a something at Lowe's. Oh, good Like an luck. appliance. Good luck. I always ask them, how hard is this to use? Oh, you just fill out this form here and call this person here and then email this person here and submit this claim here. And I'm like, I don't need that. I'm good. I'm so <laughs> I'll just good, buy man. a new one when it Dude. breaks. Yeah. <laughs> and like sometimes they have the QR codes where it's like, scan this for your warranty, but it just brings me to their website. Yeah. And then I'm like, and it's like, get your product number. And I'm like, I've already put the thing in. Like, where is the product number? Like, I don't find the barcode. Like, and at that point, you lost me. Yep. So, they know that, though. Yeah, they do know that. Yes, they do. Um, okay, sales. So most people, like when they're thinking of sales, right, they think, what do you think most plumbers think? Uh, most plumbers or plumbing yeah. business owners? Uh, let's say plumbing business owners. Um, let's see. I... Like, I don't honestly know what they think because a lot of the times, like, like for you, you would go and just sell the work probably yep. because you had a lot of reason to sell the work Yep. because you needed the cash. Yep. So it wasn't like, for you, my experience was it wasn't really like, oh, I need to like brush up on my skills to do this. It was like, I just got to do this. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, I have to make it happen. Yeah. I don't know exactly how many guys think of like, at least when it's just them, like I need to focus on like, a certain procedure of sales. Yeah. Um, but once I start hiring guys, then I definitely hear guys being like, so uh, I'm investing in sales training. Yeah. To, you know, I actually talked to a guy the other day. He gets Grant Cardone's sales training modules, and then he has his whole team watch them. For his plumbers? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so it's like 1100 bucks a month or something. No, yeah. And you get 10 Grant Cardone lessons or something. And he's he was actually like, it really helped. I was like, oh, interesting. Mm. But that's typically what I think is like plumbing business owners looking at the limiting constraint of if I could just get my guys to sell more, mm -hmm. I would make a ton more cash. Yep. And, and then there's also this idea that they can sell like a lot. Like they should be selling what you sold. You're right. Like 80%, 90%. 100%. 100% close rate. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I had 100%, but I was close. Yeah. Real close. Yeah. Because I wouldn't let it go. I would just work with them to get something figured out. Yeah. Because you knew They're, all the intimate details yeah, and you knew what that was we, possible. That we could agree on. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go over, because I didn't have a, like we have a sales process now mm -hmm. that we train our guys on that works well, mm -hmm. but it's what I just wrote in my thing. So it's fresh in my head. And then um, by thing, I mean, what did we call it? The roadmap to... No. What did you call it at the beginning of the podcast? Dude, I don't know. That was my a long memorandum. Time 
Yeah, your, yeah. your, your opus, what did I say? Your <laughs> opus memorandum or something? Whatever that is. Yeah. I just wrote it in my opus memorandum, <clears throat> so it's fresh in my Dope. head. And then, uh, <laughs> but before we go into that, let's go into um, just what I did in the field. Yeah. Because when I first started, it was like this awkward thing to be in front of the customer and give them a mm. price. Mm-hmm. And I quickly had to adapt mm. and learn how to sell services to a customer. And so I developed my own ways of doing it. Mm, sure. um, and they were super successful. And then I tried teaching that to my guys, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a system that they can follow. Mm. <clears throat> and I didn't really, I wasn't really able to nail down what it was that I was doing that was working yeah. so well until sure. I learned somebody else's system. And I, I'll be totally honest, I just copied it and used it in my business mm-hmm. and we've used it ever since and it works well. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it, what was weird to you about being in somebody's house, like selling work and all that kind of stuff? So in the very beginning, when I first started doing service work, I thought about it completely backwards. Mm. I thought about sales as, well, I wasn't thinking about sales, but I was thinking about the service as how can I get this person their fix for as cheap as possible, Mm. right? That was my whole Mm -hmm. like idea going into the service. Mm -hmm. So I would go in like, okay, I got to get this plumbing fixed for as cheap as possible for this customer because that's what every customer wants, right? It wasn't until like, I guess my first like shift of of mindset there was like, oh, okay, people don't just want the cheapest fix. They actually just want a good quality fix and they don't want to have me to come back again. Mm-hmm. So that really yeah. sh- that really shifted the way I went about my work. It was like they want me to come into their house they want me to be the professional. Mm-hmm. They want me to be confident in the fact that I'm the professional. And usually they have a problem or a symptom. And what I would do is I would go in and I would listen to the customer mm-hmm. and I would be friendly. Sure, of course. And then um, I would go hear out their problems and then I would go diagnose what's going on. And I started, instead of just going, here's the cheapest fix... I would say, I would tell the customer like, yeah, so this is the problem. Like, obviously you're experiencing it. Right. And here's what's mm-hmm. causing the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the root cause of the problem. Um, short-term fix, we could just do this. Um, a better thing to do would be doing this. And mm, sure, sure. when I started doing that, it forced me to ask questions mm-hmm. that I wasn't asking beforehand. So I'd start asking like, how long have you lived here? How long are you going to continue to live here? Why did you ask those questions? Because at the time when I was doing this, there was a ton of houses selling mm-hmm. and I would get a lot of calls for people who are selling their house. Mm-hmm. And so they need like some sort of maintenance work done. Sure. Um, and it was, it determines, it determines like the options you're going to give them. Yeah, or the sure. options yeah, yeah, that you're okay. going to recommend for them, right? Yeah. Because if they're going to move out of their house in four months or they're going to put their house up for sale tomorrow, right? well then a long-term 10-year fix it, they're likely not going to want to spend the money on it. Yeah. Right. And if they do, they're going to let you know. Yeah. So, and if you, if you offer mm. them solutions and you're like, you're only going to be here for uh, another few months. If I was you, I would just do this one. Sure. Cause it's going to get, it's going to get you by for the next four months and then you sell your house mm-hmm. and you're good to go. Right. And then if the problem continues, and somebody wants to be here longer, well, then they can invest in a longer-term fix. Right. But for you, it doesn't really make sense to invest, you know, 
10 grand in your house, you're just going to sell. Yeah. You're, and you're not going to, and you could tell them that you're not going to get the money for it when yeah. you sell. And it's like, it's not going to pencil for you. Yeah. Unless you really want to do it. Yeah. Of course. In which case, which is, which would blow your mind how many customers are like, no, I want to do this one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so start, I started asking those questions. And so I would always, sure. I would go to the house, I would assess the situation. I would always come up with an idea of what's going on and what their possible solutions are. So I kind of started offering options before I even knew it was a thing. And just based on like short-term, long-term fixes for the mm-hmm. customer. And usually I'd come up with two to three options mm-hmm. of stuff they could, they could do. Mm-hmm. And um, started asking those questions and then I started to realize, like, when you present those options to a customer, you're the professional. So mm. when you're there and you're like, here's your options, they're looking at you like, okay. Yeah. So I started making recommendations and they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, and sure. And then they're like, okay. And if you let them sit there, they're like, I need to think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they're like, mm, I don't know. I need to ask my husband. Yeah. But if you just ask them for the sale, and I read this in a book actually called, I think it was the sales Bible. It's the mm-hmm. only sales book I ever read. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, they said the number one biggest mis- sales mistake is nobody asked for the sale. Sure. So I started going there and presenting the mm-hmm. options and I'd be like, which one do you want to go with? Sure. And you have to ask it like, like, like they're going to, they're going to do something. They're buying. They're like, they're going to pick one of these. Like they got a problem. They want it fixed. They called mm-hmm. me here. They want one of these options. Which one do you want to go with? Mm-hmm. So I'd say, I'd recommend this one because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to go with? Mm-hmm. Which one do you want me to fix today? How do you want me to get this repaired for you today? Would you say it just like that? Like yeah. in that, like, like I'm very confident that oh, yeah. you're going to do the thing. Yep. And I'm confident that the the options I presented you are really going to solve all your problems. Yep. Have to be. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah. No one's going to buy <clears throat> anything from an, we talked about this recently, but like if you're, if you're trying to purchase, like if you go to buy a car, right? And like the guy's like, and you're like, hey, uh, so like, just be honest with you. Is this a, is this a good car? Like, does this drive well? And they're like, well, it's okay. Yeah, it drives okay. But like, I'm not buying you're gonna that be car. Like, I'm good, man. Like already, <laughs> like even if you're at a dealership, like you're already going to be like, let's see a different car then. Yeah. You seem not to be bought into this car. But if that guy was like, well, I mean, it's no Cadillac, but it, for the price it's at, it drives very well. Yes. Then you'd be like, oh. You're like, interesting. Thank you. I understand that. Maybe I'm, she, I'm okay. getting what I pay for with this vehicle. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so confidence is really important. Huge. And then, like, even the way that you're phrasing that where you're, like, certain that they're going to do something. Yeah. Like, when you when you are certain, when you walk into it and you're like, so which one is it going to be? Like, just the whole framework is, like, you would be, you're projecting surprise if they choose to not do anything. Right. Because then you'd be, if they did, you'd be like, Oh, I thought you wanted to get like I thought you wanted your problem fixed. Yeah, never mind. I misunderstood the whole situation. Like, not necessarily that you would say that, but that's like what sort of the vibe of that conversation would be. Yep. And even then, the whole conversation is they want their problem fixed. We just have to come up with a solution that fits what they want. Mm-hmm. That's within their budget, right? And so, if at that point they're like, "Oh man, those are all way too expensive." Mm-hmm then it's not a conversation of they don't want the work done or mm-hmm. they're going to call somebody else. It's, well, what is within your budget? Mm-hmm. Maybe we can come up with a solution that works for your budget. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Sure. <laughs> what is your, what is your budget? Mm-hmm. 
because um, we could probably come up with this Band-Aid fix or sure, yeah, some to get lower you to end the, fix. To the next thing. To get you the help that you need, right? Yeah. You're a creative expert technician. You can figure it out. Yeah. So the whole thing comes from less of a sales perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to sell you on this thing. I'm yeah, going to push sure. you towards this sure. higher priced object. It's really just trying to serve the customer best, yeah. right? By giving them all the data, all the decisions, mm -hmm. giving them your professional opinion mm -hmm. and letting them make the decision mm -hmm. and assuming they want their problem fixed right. and then yeah. mm -hmm. helping them, you know, get it within their budget if you need to. Mm -hmm. That's service. It's not sales, right? right. Um, so that's pretty much how I went about it. And I would sell, I'm going to say 90%. I have no idea really, sure. but I sold very, very well. Mm -hmm. But I was very motivated. Yes, you're very focused on the thing that yes. I got to make these jobs go. Yes. And again, since you're the business owner, you know exactly the state of your business in that moment financially yes. so that you know like, well, I've had a really great week. I'm just going to drop this one just to get this sale yes. through. Like you have complete freedom and understanding on how to do that. Yep. And- I kind of lucked out in the sense that that I just kind of fell into the technique that I was using and sure. then it worked so well. Yeah. Like I'll say that I was pretty that I was pretty lucky in that. Yeah, cuz <clears throat> you could have not like discovered what I would say like a question-based framework. Right. Like asking those questions is so is so key cuz you Super have to, key. you have to understand what the real problem is. Yep. But every time you ask questions and the <laughs> the person is responding, you're building rapport. Yes. And then you're demonstrating like that you know what you're talking about. And that's going to start to build equity that when you do want to finally ask and cash yep. that equity for the sale, there's going to be a lot built there instead of just like, you know, like again, so if this guy at my house fixing my grinder pump would have just showed up after, like before doing anything uh -huh. been like, hey man, I got to replace the pump. It's going to be this much money. There'd be like, I'd be like, okay, so like, there's no options. There's no experience. So what is uh, Joe Cesaro, he always says, if you're not providing options, you're providing ultimatums. <laughs> yeah, totally. And a lot of guys have a hard time offering options because they can't think of it in their head. Mm -hmm. But if you think of it as like repair, replace, or upgrade, or mm -hmm. repair, replace, or repair short-term solution or a long-term solution, mm -hmm. um, that's probably a better way to think of it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that sounds like a good thing. Like if if that's like it sounds like something that I would want to write on like a sticky pad and like put in my van and then just like remember like that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Like I'm thinking in those frameworks yeah. as I'm trying to. And even when you're going into your van to write your estimate, yeah. you can look at that and be like, okay, got it. And it has to come from a place of serving the customer. Yes. Because your plumbers aren't sales guys. Mm -hmm. And so when you try to get them to do really salesy things, mm. It's salesy and it's not, it's really yeah. weird for them. Yep. And then homeowners don't like being pushed and sold and they just want good service. Yeah. Right? They're not expecting it. Like they're not expecting a plumber to walk in and then unleash a, a high sales environment upon right. them. Right. Yep. Like they're like, well, I didn't know that this was part of the deal. Yep. Like I just want the, <laughs> I want to be able to flush my toilets again. Yeah. Like yep. why are you telling me all this other crazy stuff? Unless the plumber goes in and he's like, oh, hey, the the, the problem here is this, the root cause. Um, yeah, we can snake your drain today to get this fixed, but 
if you want this to not happen again, like I asked you, how many times has this happened? Mm-hmm. Is this a new thing? You told me it happened a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. It's just going to keep happening again. We can do this other fix over here, mm-hmm. and that'll keep it from happening ever again. Yeah. Um, that would be a good example. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go into our sales system because it's a good, it's a good time. Um, when I started hiring guys, they didn't have the same ability, right? Mm. And maybe some of them did. Some of them would go about it in a different way. Um, and at some point, we had to like standardize it and make mm. sure everybody had the ability. Mm, sure. And so we, I was reading, oh, what is that book? The E-Myth. Mm-hmm. The, um, the Ken Goodrich vers- the version. The E-Myth for Contractors? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, it's the E-Myth for HVAC Contractors uh, sure. by Ken Goodrich. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> and then there he talks about the sales system that they use at Gettle, mm-hmm. and it's called the RISE sales system. Mm-hmm. And I've seen other people's sales systems like Tommy Mello's and mm-hmm. those kinds of stuff, and it's they're all very similar. Um, and so I adopted the rise sales system and I kind of like adopted it in my, in my business. So it's actually mm-hmm. in our SOPs. Mm-hmm. If you ever got a copy of our SOPs, it's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it's an acronym. It's relationship, inspect, solutions, mm. execute. And in that order. So when you first go to the house, the first thing you want to do is build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. In Tommy Mello's sales system, he calls it rapport. Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You want to build rapport, right? So, and it boils down to like, when you go knock on the door, don't be walking in the house, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> go in, like knock on the door. And when the customer answers, introduce yourself, mm-hmm. shake their hand, say hello, smile, let them know what company you're with. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, cool. This guy's nice. Like he's professional. Yeah. Okay. You're building rapport, mm-hmm. building a relationship. And then ask them, like, what, what has you bringing me here today? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I here to look at for mm-hmm. you today? Let them tell you their story. Mm-hmm. I woke up this morning, I didn't have a hot water. Or I woke up this morning, my downstairs toilet is spewing poo all over the floor, mm-hmm. whatever, right? And then empathize with them. Build that relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then when you're in their house, <clears throat> the best thing you can do is build rapport by like, you know, man, this is a beautiful house. How long have you lived here? Mm-hmm. And you get your questions in, but you're like complimenting them as well. Yeah, I mean, you, your questions don't sound like that you're just reading from a script. Right. How long you've lived here? Has toilets been working improperly long? I mean, you can do that too, but mm-hmm. you could like by complimenting on them on their house, mm-hmm. if it's a really nice house, compliment them. Mm-hmm. If it's not, don't compliment sure. them. Yeah, yeah, don't be fake about it. No. But like if they have a dog, oh man, what kind of dog is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got a this kind of dog, mm-hmm. you know? Or if you see their motorcycle in the garage, dude, cool motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Like how often do you ride that? Mind if I take it for a spin really quick? What kind of motorcycle is that? Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to get a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Just talk to them, build mm-hmm. rapport. It just lets them know like, okay, this is a human being that I'm dealing with, mm. not some sleazy salesman. And you all of a sudden, they start to know, like, and trust you. Sure. And everybody knows people buy from those they know, like, and trust. Yeah, but Jared, 
I don't have time for all that. I got to get to like seven jobs today to be profitable. That's a whole different problem. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. If you can't slow down and do this, then you're doing something else wrong. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, so you're building rapport. Okay. The next step is, what is it? Rise inspect, right? Mm-hmm. So next step you want to go, once you've built rapport with the customer, um, they've, gotten to know you a little bit. You've asked them some questions. You've complimented them on their house. Now you're looking at their thing. Now you're going to inspect. Okay. So part of inspect is we want to, ins- we want to inspect their plumbing problem and we want to identify the problem, the root cause mm. and possible solutions, mm-hmm. all possible solutions. Sure. Right? Yeah, sure. And then we're going to come up with what those solutions are. Okay. So we're going to identify all of these things, and then we're going to educate the customer on what the problem is, what the root cause is, and then we're going to move on to the next step of solutions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that you've properly identified, um, you're going to come up with the typically a good, better, best mm-hmm. format for them of the solutions that are available. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go present those to the customer. So when you present to the customer, it's always good to be like, hey, so the problem you're having was this. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. You knew that because you woke up with it. Yep. Um, here's what's causing it. Mm-hmm. The root cause is this. Yeah, right? sure. Here's the, here's the symptom of this problem. Here's the root cause of that problem. Here's your solutions for those problems. We can get you in and out of the door today with this super simple fix, but you're still going to have this problem over here. So if you go with this option, it kind of solves the root problem. If you really want to take this to the next level, we can go with this, and that'll fix all of these problems. Because when I was looking at this, I found this other thing as well, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> and so you're going to offer those to the customer. And then we always make a recommendation. Yeah. So yep. what I always tell my guys, whether they do it or not, I have no idea. Hopefully they do. <laughs> they sell pretty well. I always tell them, tell the customer... If I was you, homeowner to homeowner, mm-hmm. put your hand over your company logo, mm-hmm. company shirt aside, this is the one that I would do, and here's mm-hmm. why. Yeah. And you base your recommendation off of the questions that you asked them earlier. Uh, sure, how yeah. Long, how long are you going to be here? Yeah. How long have you lived here? Mm-hmm. Have you had this problem before? Mm-hmm. How many times have you had this problem before? Right. When was the last time you had this problem? Mm-hmm. Right. So you get a good idea of like how this problem is affecting them mm-hmm. and how maybe they want you to move forward with it in the future. Mm-hmm. And then you can make an honest recommendation. Sure. Of this, if I was you, company shirt aside, mm-hmm. homeowner to homeowner, this in my own house as mm-hmm. a plumber, this is what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, here's why. Mm-hmm. Because if you do this option, then you're just going to have this problem again. Right. And you plan on living here for a little while longer. So if I was you, I wouldn't want that problem again. So I'd probably upgrade to this fix. Mm. This fix, however, mm. this may cause you problems like 20 years from now. So you don't necessarily need to go with this option right now mm-hmm. unless you really want to. Mm-hmm. Which option would you like to go forward with today? The best one. Yeah, see? Happens every time. The no, one- but it doesn't happen every time, but it happens a lot more often than you would think. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, here's the thing. A lot of guys won't have like a really good, crazy expensive option. And by not, if you, if you don't offer it, you won't sell it. If you offer it, 
you will sell it. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, if you offer that crazy, silly, like, you would never do that option because in your mind, you're like, that would be silly. Yeah. But you put it on there anyway because that is the best possible solution. Yeah. A brand new thing is the best possible yeah. solution. Yeah, you want a brand new boiler system? Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, your problem might justify that. Yep. And maybe that customer is like, wait, tell me about these new boilers. Yeah. I've heard about them. Natural Pro gas, can you do that? And then suddenly you're like, well, actually, yes. Yes. And now you have a much bigger job. Yes. That you would have missed had you not actually just presented it. Yes. If you'd have just gone in there and fixed the mm. symptom, sure. you would have been out a ton of money. Yeah. It's like, and it really, if you think about it, it sounds kind of salesy, right? But if you if they wanted that, but you didn't offer it to them, sure, then you're really doing them a disservice, right? It's like um, I tell my guys this all the time. It's like going to the doctor's office mm -hmm. for whatever. You, maybe you have some pain or something, and they have to do some surgery on something, and so they cut you open, and the doctor sees cancer in there. If you, mm -hmm. if you could see cancer, yep. And he's like, oh, "I'm not here to fix cancer. Mm -hmm. I'm only here to just repair this bone right here." Mm, upset tummy. That's why I'm in here. So yeah. So he. <laughs> fixes whatever, sews you back up, and sends you off to your way. Yeah. And then two weeks later, you're like, man, I'm not feeling very good. And you go back to the doctor, and he's like, oh, yeah, when I had you open last week, <laughs> yeah, I saw cancer in there. You probably mm -hmm. got cancer. Yeah. Right? You'd be pissed. <laughs> I didn't tell you because I just didn't think you'd want to hear the news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I opened up your boiler and like, well, it's going to start on fire and like explode your house, but I'm just here for a tune and clean, you know? So, <laughs> well, you know, just... Uh, exactly. I want to charge you too much. Things are expensive. I get it. Yeah. 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 You're really doing them a disservice. So another prime example of that, I went to a lady's house. She had um, a bad flapper, I think. And I gave her options. It was, hey... I can replace your flapper. I can replace all the guts in your toilet and I can replace your toilet. And at that point in time, I think we had pre-built options going on. And so those were just the pre-built options. Mm, sure. And the replacing the guts didn't make sense because they looked good and getting a new toilet didn't make sense because she had a pretty nice toilet. Mm -hmm. And so I said, hey, honestly, if I was you, I would just get this flapper replaced because the guts are good and the toilet's good. And she goes, you know, I've been... I've been wanting a new toilet. What do you got for new toilets? And I said, huh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me pull up my toilet options. Let's see. Yeah. She ended up having me replace all three toilets in her house, mm. all with nice new toilets. Paid me thousands of dollars to do it. Mm -hmm. All because I offered that to her. Yeah. Even though right? it wasn't necessarily your go-to. Correct. Mm. Okay. So solutions, you offer them solutions, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you make a recommendation and then you execute. So part of executing is, which one do you want to move forward with? You need to handle their objections. Mm -hmm. And that sounds super salesy, but their only objection is going either going to be, mm. they didn't like the options that were presented, right? or there wasn't one that was in their price range. Sure. So if you really want to serve the customer, then let's find them an option that they do like, mm -hmm. And or let's find one that is within their price range, mm -hmm. right? Let's figure out something that we can do to help them out today that's within their price mm -hmm. range. Mm -hmm. So it still comes from this service mindset, mm -hmm. okay? So you work with them to find an option and a, and a price point that works within their budget. And then you do the work, mm -hmm. just like you said you were going to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly what's written on the estimate, you do that.
Mm, gotcha. No less. If you want to do a little more, go above and beyond, mm-hmm. make them extra happy. Mm-hmm. Cool. But always have to do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, sure. So when you're trying to work within their budget, like what does that look like specifically? So usually it's like, you know, trying to think of a good example for this. Um, Let's say you you go for a a toilet that's not flushing properly or something. Mm -hmm. And it's, they need a tank rebuild. Mm. And your price for a tank rebuild is $900. Mm -hmm. And they they literally just can't spend $900 on repairing their toilet, right? Mm. Maybe you can work with them and say, okay, well, instead of, you know, replacing all this stuff, maybe we can just fix this one part. And maybe I can do that for six fifty, mm-hmm. right? Um, is that would that be within your budget today? Mm-hmm. That way, you're still fixing their symptom. Yeah, sure, right? sure. You might not be able to address the root cause, right? But you can at least they can go back to using their toilet. They or may still be left with an old flush valve and an old fill valve but at least they're working right now, mm-hmm. right? So, and you can always go down to like, hey, I can I can make this like cheaper, simpler repair, but I just can't, I can't warranty it. Sure. Because it's all tied to old parts. Yeah. So just know that if we go with this cheaper option, yeah, sure. there's not going to be any warranty. Sure. And people will understand that. Yeah. Do you ever, or have you ever like dropped price? Like, okay, but I still can't do that. Have you ever then discounted? Yeah, so... You know, we have a process in our company and we really don't do it a ton nowadays um, just because typically call volume is so high Mm. that if we go to a customer's house, you know, if it's, there's, you're going to run into two types of customers, right? Mm. There's a customer you're willing to discount for and there's a customer that you're not. Right. Um, Yeah. Because there's customers that even if you try to be the nice guy and try to work with them, you're not going to make them happy. Sure. No matter what. They're just crabby that you're there to begin with. They're crabby. They don't want to spend money on their plumbing. Mm -hmm. They're expecting like, you know, Joe Blow to come over and fix it for 50 bucks. Joe Blow wasn't available for three weeks, so they had to call you. They They already know you're expensive. Now you got them bent over a barrel because you're the only one that would come out, Mm -hmm. right? And they already resent that. They already hate it. (laughs) So, the you know, a good customer respects your time, right. is happy that you were able to come out so well, is is happy that you run your business in a way that you can provide quick service and they're willing to pay you good money for it. Mm-hmm. So you do run into like, you know, we'll run into, you know, single moms that have three kids that are mm-hmm. on a fixed income that they just, they literally can't afford our services. Mm-hmm. We'll drop our prices down to cost mm-hmm. to help them out. We have no problem doing that. Mm-hmm. It's, and th- honestly, that doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. Like we don't get that many of those customers, mm-hmm. um, but we have no problem dropping down to cost sure. to help them out. Um, at least we covered costs, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that would be better than just walking away at that point. Yeah, because then the and, customer's not getting their problem fixed. Yeah, you're not. I mean, at least at that point, you'll probably get a five star review. Yeah, yeah, and that's beneficial. Yes, but then there's the other customers where. Mm. They're they don't respect your service. They're right. not happy about your estimates. Those kinds of customers, if you dropped your price, they would probably take the work and then leave you a one star review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we kind of leave it up to the technicians at that point. Sure. Of, hey, if 
they seem like a tough customer or like they're going to be a pain in the butt, um, we don't budge on price. Yeah. So just leave it at that. And then if they want to give us a one-star review, that's fine. We'll move on to the next customer. Yeah. Um, one-star reviews about price, I don't care. Yeah. It's like, it is what it is. They're going to happen. Yeah. Right? It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and it just boils from like, people don't have a good understanding of what it costs to run a service business. Mm-hmm. And it's because all of the guys charging too little, right? Mm-hmm. And so the expectation of a service company is for people to charge less than they need to charge to make a right. profit. And so those people, we we let them leave their one-star review. If it's about price, I don't care. If it's about quality of service, we go back and we make it right. Mm-hmm. We refund their money. Mm-hmm. We fix whatever we messed up. We give them free stuff. We send them flowers. We send them a thank you card. Right. Whatever we got to do to make mm-hmm. it right, we make it right mm-hmm. um, as much as we can. Some people will be pissed off about the price and then they'll go on Google and just write a bunch of untrue stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we just had a lady leave us a one-star review. She didn't pay her bill. Hmm. And so after 90 days, we sent her to collections, mm-hmm. got a one-star review. Because she didn't, didn't say anything <laughs> about not paying her bill. Yeah, of course. This company was super expensive and all this stuff. She and- just wrote a review of these guys are outrageous and the office staff is extremely rude and their technicians don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And she sounded like a crazy lady mm-hmm. if you read her review. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, hmm, interesting. <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> That's another thing, though. Like, there's a lot of business owners, when they get reviews like that, they'll respond like, mm-hmm. like, uh, like in that instance, they'll respond like, hey, how come you didn't mention that uh, you didn't yeah. pay your bill? And you yeah. seem to be happy at the time of service. And yeah. we gave you all this stuff for free. Trying to score points yeah. in the online <clears throat> world of tit for tat. Don't do it. Nope, Let just, them sound like the crazy person. Mm-hmm. You sound like the bigger person. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, man, I'm so sorry. We couldn't make this service better for you. Mm-hmm. And like respond in a way that would make you look like the bigger person to somebody that's reading that review. Yeah. Your response matters. Yeah. I think I think if people go on there and they see um, you know, one-star reviews and they're all about the price, but then everybody else's are five-star reviews, and they're all like, damn, this service is good. These Mm -hmm. guys are good. They know what they're doing. Uh, To me, that just attracts a a better customer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and even like recently in our course, one of our guys got a one-star review because I think he put a a, um, a, a flyer in a guy's door handle, and then the guy was like, hey, your flyer is going to scuff my door handle. Here's a one-star review. Yeah. And then Eddie, your GM, came up with a really good response because <clears throat> the guy in the course asked, was like, what do you guys think about this? Yeah. And Eddie was like, just offer to like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. Whatever he said, let's. I'll pay to fix that paint. Yeah. Like, I'll take care of you. Even in that, like, they didn't even do any work for this guy. Yeah. But then I think that guy changed his one-star to a four-star, yeah, granted. But the thing is, is the guy didn't have any work done. He was just complaining about the company. Yep. But the company was willing to say, dude, we'll take care of that for you right now. Yeah. You're not even our customer and we'll do it. And the guy went from a one-star to a four-star, yep. which in Google's eyes is a heck of a lot better. Oh, yeah. But if he would have <clears> been like responded, you're just, you know, you just got to like suck it up, buddy, like whatever, and like got all antagonistic with the guy, it wouldn't have changed that situation. No. Like 
it sucks to get one stars and you're going to take it personally because it's your business, but you cannot respond you have from to, your passion. There's a lot of times in business you have to swallow your pride. Oh, yeah. Swallow your pride and do what's best for the company. Mm-hmm. Don't yep. get all up in a hissy and get yep. emotional and think about what's best for the company mm-hmm. and do what's best for the company. Pride aside. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because there's a lot of people riding on you putting your pride aside. Yeah. 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 If you're going to get prideful and emotional about your business, it's going to be a rough go. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of things that people are going to disagree with you about who know nothing about your character, know nothing <laughs> yep. about your mission, know nothing about your values. Yep. Just go just go read some of my comments on TikTok. Yeah. If I was if I got all prideful, I would quit making TikToks. Yeah, because it'd be too hard. It'd be like, like, I, the, uh, you the just you just fight with just, online people all oh, the time. Oh man, they're just tearing me apart on there, right? Mm-hmm. But that's how I know it's working. When you get a bunch <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. it's like when you look at it and there's like a thousand likes, and then there's ten people just ripping you apart. Yeah, I'm like, okay, we're doing good. It's working. Get the message out. And I'd also say if you're one of the people who likes to comment on social media videos out of like with anger and like frustration. I would say you should also look at your pride because <laughs> Probably. Like, like guy, like the, your comments aren't making the world a better place. No, they're not. And the thing, and the thing is too, is like, I'm on there giving you my honest advice, my best advice right. as I know it. Right? right. Um, and what's weird is like, just to not actually even think about it mm-hmm. to just say, man, this guy's taking this time. Spends a lot of money producing these TikTok videos. Nope, you don't spend any money. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Zero. <laughs> produce, spend a lot of money producing all of these videos and getting the information out there to the mm-hmm. public. Yeah. A lot of time. A lot of time. Yes, I want to sell you something. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you need help with your plumbing business, we have a course. Mm-hmm. It's more than a course. It's really a coaching program, and it's freaking awesome. We have a community that you get involved with with other plumbing businesses doing the same thing. We've got a whole course that walks you through everything that we do in my plumbing company and really just what successful plumbing companies are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else do you get? We have two Zoom calls mm-hmm. every week live with me where you can ask me questions. We can go over your plumbing business. Mm-hmm. I teach on things. It's awesome. People are doing really well in our course. It's actually really cool. I just had a bunch of Zoom calls with a bunch of the guys. I did a bunch of one-on-one calls because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure everybody was getting the the value that mm-hmm. they needed. And it was really cool to it was cool to hear the feedback yeah. of how like how well people are doing. How much yeah, how much has impacted them mm-hmm. over the last just the last few months even. Yep. Yeah, it's cool. It's rad. So if you need help, we're we got you. We're we're here right? for you. That's what really why we produce the videos. Yes. But in that, like we're genuinely trying to produce content mm-hmm. to help you out because I know that if I can help you out, mm-hmm. you're going to be so much more likely to buy my stuff, right? right? I know that sure. if I put goodwill out in the world, goodwill will come back. right? And so to see somebody spending all this time and energy mm-hmm. and attention putting out videos and not even to take it and think about it for right, a second. Right, just immediately reject it because something about it sounds so outrageous. Because it's different than how you think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's because just it's so presenting foreign. an opinion that isn't yours, right. that isn't doesn't align with yours, and so you're just going to reject it. Right. And if those guys would just take a minute to like 
seriously think about it. Like, I wonder if this guy has a good point. Yeah. Why or like why would I think he's wrong to say he charges so much? Yeah. Like what is it in me that is rejecting that? Yeah. And am I thinking wrong? Or is this guy wrong? Yeah. And just like you said, like looking at the numbers be like, seems there's more people who like this than don't like it. Yep. Am <clears> I <throat> the one here who is misstepping? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the proper thing to do. Yeah. Instead of just commenting some random thing. And I mean, like some people are just trolling a troll, you know? <laughs> people like, are just, just trolls, you know? If you're just trolling a troll, then like, I guess more power to you, you know? Yeah. It's, it's your thing. Dude, I don't know why you'd waste your time doing that. Because it's like super fun, <clears throat> question mark? I mean, <laughs> so I think in some sense, trolls are good. And what I mean by that is, this is totally off topic, by the way, everybody. Like, I like Elon Musk because he just trolls. Yeah. Like, every, like, there needs to be part, <clears throat> like, that's why there was court jesters. So that the king would get, you know, somebody would talk shit to the king. Mm-hmm. And the king would be like, dang. Because it's a, it's a humility factor where this guy who's dressed up like a clown is going to make fun of you for being the king, but you can't kill him because then everybody would know you were very insecure. Yeah. But so when you can banter with the clown and then like see that, it offers as a check to you. So Elon Musk operates in the same space where people say real serious stuff on the internet and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to hit you with a stupid meme. (laughs) And then people are like, ooh, yeah. He's got a pretty good sense of humor too. That's the funny part. And so Mm -hmm. like, like trolls in some sense are good. Yeah. In that sense, like they can check ego because again, if you are seeing that one star review and maybe it's a super trolly account, yeah, like you've definitely had people come onto your plumbing business and just be trolly with one oh, stars, yeah. and you're like, yeah. you didn't even, we didn't do work for you, and yeah. you respond in the same way. Looks like we didn't find you in your system. Yeah, do you need any work? Like whatever it is, yeah. but it offers as a good check for your ego, which I would say we should all be seeking ego checks. True, because if we're not being humbled, chances are we've decided that we don't need to be humbled. And that's just going to lead down a path of probably self-delusion eventually into a fall. True. Because you're not being realistic that you don't have it all together. True. So, I mean, I'm not saying go out there and troll everybody because... No, but like back to the one-star review things, every time you get a one-star review, don't just pawn it off, ah, stupid troll. Sure, yeah, think about it. Could, actually, be a, could be a thing. Actually think about like, is there something to learn from this experience? Mm. Even if it is a troll, mm-hmm. like what set the troll off and can we just prevent that from happening in the future? Right. Because that would be a lot better. Yep. Than triggering poor troll lady and <laughs> her troll you on <laughs> yeah. the internet, right? True. Yeah, yeah. Like with your plumbing business, if you had zero trolls, you'd have better reviews. True. Like is there, can like how can we avoid this in the future or... What did we do to cause this? Is it something we need to worry about? And if there's a pattern of troll, like <clears throat> if you see the quote unquote troll one stars, yeah. all saying the same thing, maybe about a certain technician or a certain strat business sales strategy you have, quote unquote, yep. then you could look at that and be like, oh, dang, these aren't trolls. These are actually people. And, and you, we're doing them a disservice by not paying attention to this feedback. It is feedback. Yep. At the end of the day, it's feedback, even if some of it's bullshit. Yep. It's feedback. So for you even to like look at the comments of guys being like, this guy's out of his mind. Yep. It's still like, well, am I out of my mind? And then you can go look at what you've been doing and be like, no, I think I'm pretty in my mind. (laughs) I think I'm pretty good. You know? And then you can respond from a rational position to the troll and be like, oh, I really appreciate your feedback that you consider $300 an hour highway robbery. But in fact... It's just providing great opportunities to employees. I'm going to use that one. Yeah, you should. (laughs) And then... Because, guys, when you respond to trolls in that way, 
there's no more power in the troll, and then you've taken all the advantage back. Yeah. And then suddenly people go, I'm going to go with the insane business owner instead of the clearly insane crazy person. Yeah, sometimes I feel bad responding to those TikTok comments. I did one the other day for a poor guy named Larry. Larry's not watching this podcast, I guarantee it, <laughs> but if for some reason he is, I'm sorry. I felt a little bad about my response. Um, <laughs> well, good. Now now it's out in the open. It's funny because I have to toe this fine line of like, mm. you know, like I want to be, I don't want to be rude. Right. And, but at the same time, people need to know the truth. Yeah. You still need right? to be like direct. Yeah. Without being rude. Yes. Which is hard because some people still might perceive directness as rudeness if True. what you're saying is offending them to their core. True. And you have no control over that. But if it's the truth, sure. I want you to know it. Yeah. You'd be doing it, them a disservice if you were to hold back to oh, protect man. their feelings. Oh, yeah. Huge disservice. Mm. So I walked that fine line. Yeah. And on Larry's, I was walking really close to... Yeah. Actually, it wasn't Larry's, Lenny. I was walking... Lenny, really, sorry, yeah, Lenny. Poor Lenny. <laughs> I was walking really close to that line. Probably the closest I've ever walked to the line. Mm. Um, but it was just such a good example of where most people end up with their plumbing business mm. of just like this guy had been working for 30 years mm. and it turns out, I don't think he had a, a plumbing business, but he'd been in business for himself and some sort of business. Sure. He thought I was ridiculous for charging $600 an hour and marking up materials 120% and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know how to run a business. I've been in business for 30 years and this is not how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out, poor Lenny, he's been working by himself for 30 years, working his nuts off, has no business to sell, and has nothing. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't really built a business. Mm. He's just had a job for 30 years. Yeah. And I had to come down hard on Lenny. Not for this, not really, not to piss off Lenny, but to sure. just let everybody know, like, this is the road you're going down. Right. Is this the road that you want to be on? Right. Because it is not a very good road. Yeah, if you if you support the, like, if you have a business and you're cheering for Lenny, <clears throat> as Lenny, quote unquote, scores points against Jared, yeah. recognize that that way is not towards profitability and like a life mm, full of financial freedom and whatever you want when you started a business. Surely yeah. those things were in there. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, maybe not, maybe you're down to just like work real hard. It's forever. Yeah. It's like the only way that ever works is to be a one-man show mm. and make sure. The funny thing is, like, even as a one-man show, it doesn't even work. Sure. Like, thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. Like, you you could be a one-man show and work until the day you die mm-hmm. if your health stayed good. Yeah, I mean, you're, if, bank, you're banking that you're going to still be able to go to work every day. That's freaking and do risky. This, and do the... So I was talking to somebody this week and, like, um, they were talking about their father starting to have health issues. Mm-hmm. And so doing the work was becoming harder, <clears throat> but he was still a one man show. And so yeah. this person, she really wanted to help her father. Yeah. And it was like, that's the risk you take when you don't lean into building a business of value yep. is that one day something might happen to you that you have no control over. Yep. And suddenly you have nothing like yeah. literally nothing. Yeah. You have to think about your future. It's like guys who go to work and don't put away for retirement. Everybody would agree that that's stupid. Yes. But yet when it comes to business, it's stupid if you do the opposite. Yeah, it's stupid if you try to 
it's stupid if you try to make money and be profitable. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's just so many like misunderstandings that Lenny has where he's looking at his life. Yep. And like sometimes you can quote unquote make good money in the sense like I've talked to guys who's like, oh yeah, I got 200, I make $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And you're like, cool, man, that's awesome. But again, it's like, it's all dependent upon everything staying the same forever and you always being able to do the work forever. Yeah. And then when something goes screwy, there is really, <laughs> if something goes screwy and you can't work, like what do you have? Your background is in manual labor. Yeah. It's not like you can go make 200K per year doing something not manual labor. Yep. And like your skill set isn't one that can transfer over to another field. Yep. Like if you owned a business and then let's say you didn't sell the business for some reason and you walked away with nothing, you could at least go, oh yeah, I ran a multi-million dollar business. Do you need somebody in your business who can maybe act as a consultant or maybe a coach or maybe some sort of sales advisor? Yep. Because look at this track record I have. I could go now to a service shop and get a job and I would be one badass service tech mm-hmm. because I would have a really good understanding of what that business needs mm-hmm. and I'd go make it happen, mm-hmm. right? But even then I could go to a service shop and be like, hey, I ran a $5 million service shop for X amount of years mm-hmm. where I owned one, I built it from scratch. Do you, can I, do you have a job for me somewhere in your business? Mm-hmm. They'd be like, heck yeah. Yeah. Come come work here. Especially if you really detailed out like, hey, if you just give me a couple hours of your time each week, let me prove to you that I could help you turn it around. And yeah. I mean, you could, the the sky's the limit. You yeah. could just like, I mean, we're just like on the topic, but you could walk in there and be like, hey, listen, I'm going to work for free. But if you start becoming profitable, what if we agree like a profitability share yep. that I get X amount of percentage of profits after this yep. to just demonstrate my value to you? Yep. And then you could walk in there and do that and be like, I just made a bunch of money with my skill set that I had as a business owner. But this doesn't exist if you're like Lenny, who never has that. No. Because all you have is I'm a really good service tech. Yep. That's it. And I've undervalued myself for a long time. For a long, long and time. And my family worries about me because my health is on the line. Yep. I'm playing with fire. I'm lifting heavy things. I'm crawling <laughs> in the mud. Yep. And everybody around me is going, hey, man. Wouldn't it be better if you didn't have to do it like all this? You should probably think about your retirement. And you're saying, no, no, no. Working is very close to me because I have pride about working. Yeah. Because my ego is centered in the value I contribute to the world through my physical labor. Yeah. And if that stops, I'm useless to the world. Yep. And suddenly, Lenny, you have a lot of issues that you haven't faced properly and you've buried in your work. Yes. Dang, Lenny. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then like it sucks for Lenny. And it sucks for Lenny's kids. Sucks for Lenny's sucks kids. Sucks for Lenny's wife. Sucks for Lenny's wife. Sucks for Lenny's customers. Yeah. <laughs> so if he ever had an employees, it sucks for his employees. Mm-hmm. It sucks for everybody. Yep. Super lame. It doesn't make sense to put your heart and soul into something like the business, because that's what it's going to require of you. And to not make it actually benefit you. It's like the old phrase, um, Instead of you working for your business, your business should work for you. Right, right. And too often, people end up just working for their business. Mm -hmm. Like the business runs their life. The business Mm -hmm. dictates how things go. Instead of the person building a business that works for them, Mm -hmm. right? It's your life. Sure. Why? And you have the option. Mm -hmm. You have the ability why wouldn't you create something that allows that that gives you freedom 
that gives you the finances, mm-hmm. that allows you to go do the things that you want to do, mm-hmm. that allows you to go have the experiences that you want to do, spend your time how you want to spend it, spend your money on the things you want to spend it on, mm-hmm. stop worrying about other things that you worry about now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times it comes from guys not understanding the opportunity they have as a plumbing business owner. Yeah. And like they want to do good in the world. I haven't really met a lot of people who don't want to do good in the world. Yeah. Or they think it's way too hard. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times it's because <clears throat> they just they they can't properly weigh the cost because they actually don't know the cost in the sense of like they think it's way too hard. Yeah. But if you look at like um like, so for example, like, okay, if I personally wanted to run a hundred mile race, I don't yep. look at that and go, damn, that's way too hard. I would go, yeah, that's probably going to be hard, but I know the steps to take. And in this context, I can just be like, Jared, what are the steps to take? Yeah. And you can say, do these. And I go, okay, cool. This is much more manageable. And I'll be like, that's going to be hard. Yeah. And I go, <laughs> yeah, I know it's going to be hard, but I feel a lot better now that I have some direction and I actually know what that experience is going to be like. And yep. then also what it's going to yield me having done it. Yeah. Where if all that is in fog and you just have a business mm-hmm. and you're like, this is going to be hard. And then you don't really have any like other foresight about why yeah. or what's going to be hard or. You have no <sighs> idea how hard it's going to be. Yeah. And, and sometimes you might make it a lot harder for yourself. And you're going to make it way harder for yourself. Here, yeah. <laughs> the crazy, like the funny part is like they are, they already think it's hard and it's, and it is hard. It's hard in a different way. Mm-hmm. You could make it so much easier if you just had somebody give you a path. Um, so that you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. What's crazy is that people don't know how, yes, it's hard, but they don't know how close to their opportunity they are. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually, that's actually, they, that's it right there. They always think it's 10, 20, 30 years out. They do. And yeah. they think it's like 10 I, years out always. It's got to be really hard for 10, 20 years and then I'll make it. It's like, dude, it doesn't have to be hard that long. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised when guys are like, in the next five to 10, I want a $500,000 per year revenue business Yeah, with five trucks. Dude, I and just I'm talk- like, whoa, what? I was talking to one of our clients today before this podcast, and he he was he was telling me like, I'm like this, I want to take it slow, and mm-hmm. I'm, I don't like risk, and I want to be well prepared. And I'm like, that's cool. I think that's just smart decisions, number right. one. Sure. Um, I think you're just a smart decision maker mm-hmm. and you don't want to get yourself in a dumb spot. So right. kudos yep. to you. Mm-hmm. Don't view it as you're being slow. Um, because, and I told him like, it's like, even though you're going at it slow, making smart decisions, it's going to go way faster than you think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it are, and he's like, yeah, it already has. I mean, he's already like, he's only, he's only like three months into starting his business mm-hmm. and he's already stacked away I think he was at sitting at fifty or sixty k mm-hmm. that he's stacked away. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting word ma- work mainly from word of mouth, mm-hmm. word of mouth, and his GMB. Mm-hmm. That's it. And Facebook, just posting content on Facebook. That's it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was cool. I don't remember why I said that. It was well, quick. Yeah, it was quicker. He, was, than, he told yeah. me, dude, I didn't expect this. Yeah, because he <laughs> expected in ten years he was going to have like. 50 to 60 K in his bank account or whatever. Yeah. He said, I never expected I'd be sitting here three months later with 
60K in my bank account. This mm-hmm. is wild. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's you're you're literally sitting on one of the world's greatest opportunities right now. Yeah. And the thing, <clears throat> this oh, dude, it's so funny because like, and what you say is so true about not understanding like, yeah, work is hard, but these guys are like, it's like they, they're holding a nugget of gold in their hands and it's just covered in like poop and they don't, they don't see that the gold is just like just a couple, you know, fingernail yeah. scratches underneath. Yeah. Just a couple little things. A couple things. And, and uh, cause I, cause when I talk to guys, I'm like, listen, it's, it's pretty basic to go from where you're at to like a lot better. <laughs> cause listen, remarkably better. <laughs> listen, you're literally undercharging for a service people need <clears throat> and you are limited by your belief that people can't pay because you've never met those people because you've only got in front of the people who don't want to pay. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's less of a can't pay. It's more of a don't want to pay. Yes. Yeah. Much more of a don't want to pay, but yeah. there's this whole sector of people who want to pay and they're looking to, <laughs> yeah. my, I'm a prime example yeah. where I'm like, Oh, I can't use my bathrooms. I just want to find somebody. If this, I told my wife, I was like, listen, if this warranty company doesn't come through in the next 30 minutes, I'm calling the plumbing company. I wanted to call. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I have to pay out of pocket and not warranty. I need to use it my could have thing. Been two grand, and you would have said yes. Yeah, I'd be like, so I can it. like do my laundry, and they'd be like, yeah. And the guy would have come into my house and found cool other problems and solutions and everything. The guy and probably would have came to you and said, hey, he wouldn't have said I'll fix your pump for two grand. He would have said, hey, I can get all of your water running mm-hmm. and flushing again. All it's going to cost you is two grand. Does that sound good? And the thing is, is like. If I would have, if, you know, Prospector was operating here yeah, and then I would have called them, they would have said, oh, so what's your problem? They would have come into my house. They would have asked me my problem. Yep. They would have said, oh, it's your grinder pump. Oh, cool. Yeah, dude, I'm really used to these houses here. Yep. So I kind of know all the plumbing issues in here. And let me just, first off, there's probably a couple other things that we could talk about too. And we would talk about my disposal. We would have talked about my sink. He would have talked about my toilets, my bathtubs, because he would have been familiar with the exact builds that happen around here. Yep. And then, man, he probably would have walked away with like, yeah, I'm upselled this guy on all sorts of things that are useful. Probably would have been like, hey, do you not want to have this problem again? We can upgrade you to this better pump and it'll stop this from happening. Yeah. And then you won't have to go out there every couple months and like hose it down and all this other stuff. Yeah. How long have you lived there? Um, not very long. Like, when did I move? Since May. Since May. Like, June, July, August. <laughs> <laughs> Five months. Yeah. That was our first ma- that was our first math moment in this podcast. Oh, dude. We're, I can't. We're slipping. Dude, I didn't learn the months. This is a testament to, <laughs> to if I can do it, you can do it. Um, I didn't learn months until I was like, like the order of the months until I was in my late 20s. No, you did. Dude, what are you even talking about? Dude, I didn't learn. <laughs> How any- is that even possible? I didn't learn anything in school. And then up until like I started doing stuff outside of like, I don't know, like I think even you could even say early 30s. Like it wasn't until <laughs> I like started needing like to use a calendar. Sure. Like if you think about it, like I got started really early in life by having kids super young. Oh, sure. And it forced me to grow up to some extent because I had children that I had to take care of, yep, right? Yep. So I had to mature at a certain level. So in a lot of ways, I was more mature than a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. But then in a lot of ways, I was really immature for a long time in mm-hmm. a lot of other things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I'm behind in a lot of ways. Sure. Like I didn't start a business till I was in my mid thirties. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like a, a year away from being 40. Mm -hmm. I'll be 39 this year. Yeah. I'm just a little over a year, mm -hmm. year and four months. Year and five months, six. We months. can write out the months on the table. Year and a half away from being forty, right? Mm -hmm. Um, dude, and I'm not nearly as far along as I would like to be. I yeah. see these kids on the internet; they're in their late twenties. They got million dollar businesses already. I'm like, that's freaking awesome. I mean, I think even some of our clients in our course are like in they're their twenties. Yeah. Like I've talked to a couple of guys on the phone who are like in their twenties, and yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm so excited for you. So rad because you are learning a skill that can really help you. Not gotta, because you're a plumber, but because you can own a business. Yeah, they got a 10-year jump on me. Yeah, we even talk about costing, where it's like, oh, dude, dude, like the opportunity in front of you is like infinity. Yeah. Yep. And then I think about my kids, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm stoked for when you get to the... <laughs> They're screwed. Yeah, I you're know. You're going to be worn out. <laughs> yeah, I probably will be. Like, I don't care what your kids do. Just, I don't know, just don't, don't bug me. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah, I was thinking about like, um, <clears throat> like with your kids, like imagine this. Mm-hmm. They could go start a service-based business, mm -hmm. any service-based business, if they were into it. Sure. And they would they would have their dad who knows a lot mm -hmm. just by osmosis. Mm -hmm. And then they would have the weird guy down the road mm -hmm. that knows a lot as well mm -hmm. and would be more than happy to be like, yeah, yeah. let's set this up for I'm you. So let's get this going. I'm so excited to see you. Ex like, please, this, like, this go is gonna be, be awesome. Sick. Yeah. Like, this is exactly what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Man, what a head start that is. Okay, let's put that in a context that makes sense to Lenny. L Lenny's kids didn't have that. No. Lenny's kids had the guy who worked all the time and yep. didn't have anything to show for it except for just, I'm really good at working. Yes. Which and I've made a good living. Yeah. Which is cool. Like being good at working is a skill. Yeah. Making good living is a skill. Yeah. But Lenny didn't look to the kids down the street or to his own kids and say, Hey, you wanna you wanna make a service based business? And the kids like, Yeah, what about like pressure washing? Like, dude, we can make this sucker go. Yep. Like you can be 18 years old working, owning a business, and then by the time you're 23, you can have a mil probably sooner, you can have a million dollar business. Yep. Just do what I tell you to do. Lenny didn't live up to his full potential. No. And I guess that's the sad part. Yeah, it is the sad part. That's really the sad part. Yeah. That's, it's wasted potential. Yeah, so Lenny, if you're listening to this 30-minute segment about you, <laughs> like, we're just <laughs> well, sad, like, it's just, it's sad to see the potential not be used to the fullest extent. I mean, even for our, anybody who is listening to it, don't, don't waste your potential. Yeah, like, if you're, again, like, business owners are probably some of the most powerful movers in our current society. Yeah. Because you are actually able to generate opportunities for people and give them good jobs who don't want to be business owners because yep. that's not everybody wants to be a business owner. Yeah. But you can give those people a real shot at like accomplishing financial freedom to the degree that you can. Yep. Obviously serve the customer well, but then you can create actual money to be able to do things in the world that are meaningful. Yeah. Like you can go, oh, I can go fund that thing. Yeah. Like, oh, that's like whatever it is your thing that you like to do. Yeah. Like if like if your church has a need and you really like supporting your church and you're like, oh, dang, that's a 100K project. Huh. Yeah. I can take care of that. Like no big deal. Yep. Like I'll, you can do I'll give cool some, stuff. I'll give some real life examples. Just me personally having put my neck out there and put in some hard work and have a little bit of success, the little bit that I've had. Um. I, we've been able to, 
I've been able to hire really cool people and give them opportunities that they wouldn't have had mm. had I not done that. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that everybody that works for me, mm-hmm. right? They've all had those opportunities because I decided to do it mm-hmm. because I stuck my sure. neck out there. That's cool. Um, I was able to hire <clears throat> like my general manager Eddie, mm-hmm. badass dude. Mm-hmm. He deserved way more. Yeah, but he never had the <laughs> yeah. opportunity. Sure. Even you working at Wright's Air loading airplanes, mm-hmm. you're a smart guy. You're a hard worker. You're dedicated. You deserved a better opportunity, but you didn't have one. Right. Um, even my son, mm-hmm. he was cleaning gutters for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, that was an you know he had an opportunity to go start a gutter cleaning business, which mm-hmm. would have been an okay opportunity, mm-hmm. but he would have been in a limited market. Yep. Blah 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 blah. Um, just being able to give him an opportunity to work in a field, he edits all of our videos, by the way, to work in a field that he actually loves mm-hmm. and he's really good at. Yep. Um, and to be able to invest into him so mm-hmm. that he can then learn more skills. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. And then with Prospector, my plumbing business, we've been able to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. So we just raised our budget, I think, 2023, we spent 30 grand giving back. Mm-hmm. So we supported a bunch of local sports teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we supported some cheerleaders, some wrestling teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year, we're going to give back 50 grand, raise the budget a little bit more, mm-hmm. and just give back to the community and support mm-hmm. the community. It's good advertising mm-hmm. and it's supporting the community. Yep. It's like a win win. Yep. All cool stuff mm-hmm. that never would have happened. Yeah, sure. Had I not just put in literally a little bit of work. Yeah. Well, yes, it was hard. Yes, it was stressful. Mm-hmm. But it, at the end of the day, like that was fun. Sure. It was super fun to do. Mm-hmm. I'll never regret it. Mm-hmm. And the payoff was bigger than ever expected. Right. Like 10 times the payoff than I expected. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's on the fence, they should just do it. Yeah. Like if you're on the fence, you're already in the. I'll use the word avatar. You're already in the plumbing business owner avatar. Yeah. Of you're like, huh, I think I could do this. Yeah. And so like, I think there's sort of this vibe about entrepreneurship where it's like, you either have it or you don't. You're either an entrepreneur yeah. or you're not. And I think that's a terrible way to think. Yeah. You're in, you can be like, there is no like, I was born an entrepreneur because people nope. put it out that way where they're like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're like innovative and businessy and like yeah. you want to. Like all the entrepreneurs, they were selling candy bars in middle school. Everybody else were just workers. Yeah. It's like, no. Some of them were. Like, and well, yeah. (laughs) But not all of them. And you can like, if you weren't that person, but you're listening to this podcast, you're like, I think I could start a business. Like, then go start one. Yeah. It's just about doing the stuff. It's It's a skill. It's a skill you have to learn. Yeah. And then you learn the skill and then you make mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. You rededicate yourself. If you talk to anybody from my childhood Mm. who (laughs) knew me up until I was 30 years old, Mm And you asked them, did you ever think that Jared was going to start and own the biggest plumbing company in town that does $5 million a year in revenue and then move to Florida, start a social media company, um, be putting out four TikTok reels every day Mm -hmm. and have a plumbing business coaching program? They would have been like, 
No. They would have been like, you mean the guy who doesn't know the order of the months? That <laughs> yeah. guy? That Jared? Yeah. Yeah, no. They would have yeah, they would have been like the guy with the big scraggly beard? The guy the guy the with woods? long hair and the big scraggly beard <laughs> yeah. who yeah. hasn't had clean pants on for ten years in yeah. a row. Yeah, and rants against the government about <laughs> random stuff and Yeah, they would have been like, No. Yeah, not a chance. Not expected at all. I think people are still confused. They're still confused. I didn't have any of the skill sets no. that I needed. Literally zero. Even like if we could like back it up to like even like two years ago where you're like prospector is finally like coming over this big hump and then like you're transitioning into the social media thing. Yeah. People were still like, I don't know what Jared's doing. No. I'm confused. Yeah. Like we would have home church and talking to our friends and they'd still look at you like, What has happened? Yeah. Like there's something what is what have you done? I don't yeah. understand this. And you'd be like, yeah. Well, I've raised my prices and I have marketing now and I've understood a couple fundamental things about business, <laughs> yep. like hiring and like replicating yep. myself. And they're like, oh, okay. Yep. I don't get it. Yeah. And you're like, sorry. <laughs> and I guess like the lesson learned is like, like when I look back, so, and I was looking at this today, I was like, I was looking back at my videos. They were mm -hmm. from a year ago when I first moved into this house. And those in this, in this room right, right. here, um, I watched my videos and they were freaking horrible. Those were probably the ones that I was editing. Yeah, I guess it would be me editing those. I was editing some of them as yeah. well. And they were terrible. Just the way I talked was horrible. Yeah. The edits were terrible. Yeah. No offense. Uh, it's okay. Um, I think I did it for like two weeks and then Costin came on. So, yeah. <laughs> and it was like the, the, like when you start, you're going to suck at it. Of course. And everybody's going to be like, what are you doing? Cause you suck at this. That <laughs> yeah. You and look like an idiot. <laughs> you look like an idiot. And I don't know what you're doing. And if you just stick with it and you stay consistent with mm. it and you try to get a little bit better every single day, at the end of a year, you're going to look back and go, holy crap, we have gotten dramatically better yeah. at this. Yeah. This is actually pretty cool. Yeah. And it's really important to have those moments where you reflect. Yeah. So you don't lose yourself in the current struggle. Yeah. Because the current struggle, you can say, this struggle defines my entire career. Yeah. And you say, man, I'm garbage because this right here, I'm really struggling Dude, with. I still do that to this day. It's actually the easiest habit to slip into. I still wake up every now and then and I'm like, God, I'm a total failure. Mm. Like, I'll be, like I'll be having a problem in my plumbing business mm -hmm. or something will have gone wrong and then... Wealthy plumber didn't make any money, or <laughs> yeah. and we yeah. lost a plum social client. I'm like, God, what yeah. freaking terrible business yeah. owner. Yeah. But then, what's funny about that is like, and I, I was talking to my the guys in the course about this, and they're, you know, because they're like, sometimes work will get slow, and they're like questioning, yeah, questioning every every everything, thing. yep, every everything, everything. Is I'm yeah. like, guys, just stick with it. Trust me. Yeah. Um, it's funny how you, anytime something goes wrong, you start to question it. But then when stuff starts to go right again, you're like, oh, I, we did it. Dude, I know. I made it. It's so funny. Cause it's like, like at the end of each month, like in the wealthy plumber cycle and we're like, oh man, we, we made money this month. And then the first week it's like, Shh, damn it. Like we're screwed. Like, <laughs> and like, and it stresses me the heck out. Yeah, and it's just good. like, oh, we got to like freaking do a bunch of stuff. But then at the end of the month, it's like, yeah, we're awesome. Like yep. we're so good at this. It's just, yeah. but it's good to reflect on like the grand scale so that you can, you know, take some confidence that like, okay, it's okay. Like not to yeah. say that you, you ease off 
and you like absorb those emotions of like mm, stress and you use them to their greatest advantage and yep. you let them push you forward. But don't let that define you. Like don't let you sucking at this one thing define your whole existence. Right. Just it's a moment. And then say, yeah. okay, well, I should probably figure this problem out. <laughs> and I should probably uh, <laughs> yep. avoid this thing that I'm doing that's causing me to feel this way. And then next month, we'll check back with myself and see, hey, do I feel any better? Yeah. Like, I know next month, halfway through the month, I'm going to go, is this <clears throat> better than last month? <laughs> that was a bad decision. Yeah. Or, like, huh. oh, man, that worked. Yeah, like, huh. Let's, let's do more of that. Let's do more of that. And, like, just having those, those touch points with yourself. And like, again, it comes again back to humility to like really look at yourself and be like, okay, where am I not quite measuring up? Like, where am I missing the mark? Yeah. And then see if you get yourself back on target. Yes. I would, um, I would often look at things as worst case scenario. Sure. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. like when you're feeling down and you're like, cause sometimes when you're feeling down, it's because stuff isn't going right. Mm, sure. And Yes, a lot of times it's not going right because you've made a mistake and you've been doing something stupid. <laughs> and a lot of times when you have to fix mm. that, it's a hard decision. Sure, yeah, because right? you have to own up that you've been doing something stupid. Yes, and you, mm. everybody else is going to know you've been doing something stupid yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. when when I think about that, um, when I'm in those situations, I always think of it as like, okay, I'm going to make this decision. A lot of times it's a hard decision and it's a, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, I'm yeah, really, yeah. like, hoping this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, worst case scenario, if this doesn't work, what happens? Mm. It's usually not as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, w- there was a time in my business where we were still underpriced, and I was losing money, like mm-hmm. 20, 30 grand a month. And I came to the conclusion that I just have to raise my prices. Mm-hmm. It was like... I had enough data at that point. I was in business long enough to where, and we'd done good up until a certain point. And it was like, I came to the realization that we're only going to get so many phone calls. And I guess that's, we can increase our phone calls, but out of the phone calls we get, we're only going to book so many of them. Mm -hmm. And out of the ones we go to, we're only going to sell so many of them. Wait, you're not going to sell them at 85%? No. And Mm. we can tweak. What about all the sales training we talked about? Yeah, you can try. Like we can Mm -hmm. tweak these and and improve, but your improvements in Mm. those areas are going to be teensy, weensy, tiny, tiny, right? Sure. They're going to be little, tiny, little bits at a time, and it's never going to get to perfect. Yeah, you're never going to go from national average 55% sales ratio to 800%. No, you're never, never. going to go. We're going to bring in twice as much revenue once I do Jared's, Jared's rise system. Right. Yep. Ken Goodrich's rise system. Yep. And the bigger you get, the closer to national average you're probably going to get. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like you might have one or two rock stars in yourself, and you guys can hit 65, mm-hmm. 70% close rate. Mm-hmm. But the second you start bringing on average people, all of a sudden the, <laughs> you start to drop closer to average. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to price yourself for average. So that's the kind of realization that I had. And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I have to raise my prices. And I had to raise them to a point that was really uncomfortable sure. for me. And the decision was, this is either going to work mm. or it's not going to work. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if it if I don't do it, what's sure. going to happen? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm going to slowly go out of business. 
if I do it and it doesn't work, mm. what's going to happen? I'm going to slowly go out of business. <laughs> Worst case scenario, yeah. I slowly go out of business. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know I can sell work. So I just have to jump back in my van and the guys that are selling well, I'll keep them. Mm-hmm. The guys will have to go. And worst case scenario, we'll just go back to square one mm-hmm. and that's how we'll do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so worst case scenario isn't typically as bad. Like even yeah. worse, worst case scenario, like I sell my vans or I have to go get a job or my wife mm-hmm. goes and gets a job mm-hmm. and I go get a job and we continue to make van payments. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, wasn't as bad as, right. It wasn't that bad. Right. Right. So, and if you can think about stuff like that, okay, what's the worst case scenario? It usually yeah. makes you feel a little better. Yeah. You're not going to die. Yep. You're not going to starve to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a little difficult maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to have to put some work in, mm-hmm. but you're going to be okay. Yep. I think that's a good, like, this frame touches back to our conversation about sales. Yeah. Where sales is not the magic bullet that you would want it to be. No, sales aren't, marketing is not. They're, the closest thing to a magic bullet is sticking with residential service and charging enough money. That is the yeah. closest magic bullet you're going to get. And right now, it's a real close to a magic bullet since so many guys are undercharging yeah. and they're diversified in residential service, commercial, new construction, custom homes. Um, <laughs> custom home? Yeah. I'm in custom home remodels. Yeah, like, okay, new I construction. Don't do, I yeah. don't do new construction. Like, okay, gotcha. Who's your contractor? Well, yeah. the guys down the, the big ones, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the... It is, I'll, it is a little better. I'll give it that. I'll yeah. give it okay, that. All right, all right. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Um, but the point is, like, right now, it's as close as you can get as a silver bullet. Yeah. Now, if all goes well with Wealthy Plumber and coaching and all these things, it'll become less of a silver bullet because more guys will be charging more. Yeah. And then you'll have to really get into, okay, how can we really differentiate ourselves on yep. value and all these other things? Yeah. But for now, y'all should really just seize the moment and go, oh, my gosh, we could charge a hundred percent more, two hundred percent more, yeah, maybe even more, yeah. and like just make more money, and just change a couple things. Yep. And then you'll get to the point where you go, okay, let's talk about sales processes when we have enough technicians to where this is a relevant conversation. Yep. Like you did, where you're like, okay, everybody's doing it kind of differently. Yep. We should probably like hone this in and give everybody a process so that when they work at Prospector, they know this is how you treat the customer, and this is going to get you. This is going to get you the best result, but it's going to serve the customer the best. And that's really what it is. It's, it's okay, technician, I'm confident if you come to work for me and you follow this process, you're going to be successful. Yeah. And you're going to make enough money. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. all you have to do is follow this. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's really what it boiled down to. Yeah. Did that work okay for you and your technicians? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, because things are not <laughs> I mean, they're doing they're doing fine. Yeah. They're doing good. They're actually doing really good. Like the I talk to a lot of people and our like Nat our business's numbers are phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um our techs make really good money. They mm. have really good benefits. The business makes really good money and we have really high customer satisfaction rate. Mm-hmm. We make really, like our gross profit margins are good. Our net profit margins mm. are good. We do fantastic as a company. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me because there's still room for improvement. Yeah. Like we're well yeah. above average, but yet 
there's still room for improvement. That's the fun part is like you're in the fun zone of like, man, we're doing really good, but we can still get to do better. Yeah. It's not, it's not like you're like, crap, we're doing terrible. <clears throat> we have to do better. Yeah. And I think that's where like, you know, like I, it stumped me for a little bit of like, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And I was like, man, I kind of, I kind of capped out my market. So if mm-hmm. I want to grow, I got to go to another market. Mm-hmm. And really that was like a limiting belief on my end. Sure. Because we've still continued to grow <laughs> just in a whole different way mm-hmm. rather than growing by numbers, how many right. texts we have or revenue numbers. We're growing by efficiency and yeah. we're growing our culture and mm-hmm. we're growing, you know, margins and yeah, sure. we're growing safety nets and we're growing our hiring process mm-hmm. and we're grooming our CSR process. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff is continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. And so it gave me a new respect for the phrase, if you're yeah. not growing, you're dying, or yeah. a new understanding for it. Yeah, it's a, it's a nuanced thing that isn't just, yeah, you gain more technicians and more market share. Yeah. There's other ways to experience growth. Right. Yeah. Yep. The other way to think about it is like, if Prospector was growing, you know, or if Fairbanks was growing at a rate of like 10% every year, mm-hmm. Then prospectors should grow at a rate of ten percent every year. Yeah, right. If yeah. the population's growing, then the business should grow. Right. So if you're not at least growing by the rate of your population, mm. then you're losing market share. Right. Technically, sure. sure. Yeah. Um. So you should think about that as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Fairbanks is doing. I don't know what it's. I just know it's really expensive to live there. I feel like it's. I feel like everybody's moving away, but. That's just because everybody I know yeah. has moved away because yeah. I got them. I'm so influential. I got to move down oh, here. So flash, oh. um, and then also <clears> it's <throat> like when people, when people we do know talk about it, they'll just yeah. reference that people are moving like you and me. True. So we have that sense that everybody's moving. And when honestly, who knows? And they're all like, oh, I want to, you moved? I want to move. Yeah. Like, wait, how did you make it out? How wait, can I make it out? It's not 40 below there right now. Yeah. I was talking to my buddy last night, talking to Garrett and yeah. he's like, what's the temperature? And I was like, oh, it's like 50 at night and. Maybe he gets down to like 50 in the morning and then, yeah, it's like 85. And he's like, oh, it's like 25. I'm like, sounds <laughs> awesome, I guess. He's like, he's like, I, I can't find my headlamp, but I need to bring it to work. And I'm like, oh, I remember when it gets dark like that. My kids use the headlamps to read at night when they go to bed, and that's what we use them for now. Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny. Cool, man. Well, that, I thought that was an awesome conversation. Had a lot of fun. Thanks, dude. See you, homie. See ya.